Today, we're looking at legendary musician Neil Young. Welcome to a bed with Stan. Episode 43. So welcome to the Neil Young episode. Neil Young will be with us in part three of this episode. So stick around. If you want to skip from 30 minutes on, Neil Young will be here. He's taking the flight over here during COVID. Okay, Steve, I can do this, man. Okay. I mean, I really couldn't be more prepared, actually. Me neither. I mean, I've got protein crunch nuts from Aldi and a Guinness, and I haven't listened to Neil Young for like two days, so I'm really prepared, I think. So I'll introduce the panel. Right, so we have Sam Beer um, live from Prospect Studios. Absolutely. Um, the, the genius of Treetop Flyers. And is it all worth it, I hear you say? Last night seemed so far away. And is it all my friend, is it all worth it in the end? It's solar material. Hi, yeah, it's uh, one of the guys behind Super Studios, uh, Treetop Flyers, of course, my own solo noodlings, and I'm lucky enough to record lots of people who are always talented and wonderful. I record people who are better than me, mm. which keeps me going. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, it keeps us all going in music. And we have Jack. Hello, Jack. Hey. Hello. I've found instruments. So what we're going to do, I think, we've prepared our top 10 Neil Young albums, which doesn't include live albums or compilations or archive releases there's one bit i've got a haggle on that and there's a reason yeah we have honorable mentions i've decided if you want or there's not it's not strict is it can you can you call can you have a thing that would be uh traffic stopping moments okay let's put a note of that so he was born in november 1945 he's canadian american singer songwriter bernard shaky been in multiple bands the squires just a minute Buffalo what, what, Springfield. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's this Bernard Shaky? Well, that's the name of his director, as a director for his films. I see. Films. So, Hence uh, why he's called Shaky. Yeah. Obviously, he's played the Stray Gators, Crazy Horse, Crosby, Sills and Nash, Pearl Jam, Booker T. Leon Russell, Promise of the Real, Willie Nelson, and he's pretty good. So we've got a top 10. So do you think we should just do our number 10? We'll go around and do our number 10 and just talk about it as we like. So we're going from bad to, to, you know. Yeah, I think we're going from 10 down to one. Jack, do you want to go first? Because you're not getting to say anything. Yeah, I mean, I I went for like, I don't think these are his best 10 records. Like the 10 that I think are most noteworthy. Because you can't just say something's the best, can you? It's kind of what your favourite is. It's just mm. ten. Ten. Number ten, I've done, controversially, trans. Do you want to say why, or what do you think of it? Or? I don't, it's, it's not like a, by no means not a record I listen to daily i think he's made better records as well but i think it's uh i think it's an interesting record Mm. jack um they're like you say they're better records but the reason he made trans he his son son? he has cerebral palsy i think learning yeah 
He has a whole bunch of uh, challenges, but trans was the idea of like being able to communicate via and via little actions and like cause and effect. Because he was building like big train sets with his son mm. and trying to create like a controller that could control the trains and stuff and give his son a bit more of like choice and a you know a way of expressing himself. So in a motive of a record, that's like isn't that in a way cooler than a record that was like a hit? Yeah, exactly. So that this was experimental years and trans nineteen eighty two. It's aged well at this time because it feels like we're in the eighties again now, doesn't it? For me anyway. Like Arcade Fire and um you know Wouldn't Goldfrap wouldn't Goldfrap really like it or something? I need to revisit it. I think well, it sounds better now than it than it did when I first heard it, sort of thing. When you heard it in the nineties, it was almost like it was a joke, right? When you got into Harvest or after the Gold Rush or something, and then you because I used to go to a record shop in Southampton every week and get a new album by people like Neil Young or Dylan or Van Morrison because they were like three quid. It was like the price of a pint. And then mm. I went to Trans and all that, and I was like, whoa, you know. Yeah. So, But yeah, I it feel was, like now it sounds all right. Uh, it was so- also, look, you'd go into a record shop. It would be like, you know, after the Gold Rush on vinyl, 19 quid. Harvest 19 quid tonight's the night, yeah. all of that, and then trans would be like cruising in at seven pounds. Yeah, it'll be quite directly priced up that no one's into it. Yeah, but it, I just think it now sounds like really, really stark, really kind of cold, and it's cool. Whereas I, I think it's the production, yeah. isn't it? Like early on, I, I think he bought one of like literally one of the first vocoders available. In, uh, in the country at that time. Very brave. And it's also, it starts this album with a red herring, doesn't it? Little Thing Called Love, which kind of yeah. just sounds like any Neil Young song. And I really like the song. It's really upbeat. And I think Crazy Horse are on it. I mean, isn't this a Crazy Horse album? I think he recorded it. He recorded all the tunes with them. Or started to. I think and I'm then right. put it all through a vocoder. Nils Lofgren's on it, isn't he? And he's on the tour, Nils yeah. Lofgren. Yeah. That live, uh, the live movie, the Berlin concert is really good as well. Yeah, and yeah, I like yeah. the song After Berlin, but which didn't come out. It's just on that Not concert. On... Yeah. It's the last song and it's just written about that concert and it's worth checking out. Uh, After Berlin's a song. So won't you take me, 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 just the way I am. Oh, take me, that's the way I am. I think as well, like he, if you listen to it, it, you can tell like he obviously was really into craft work and stuff like that. Was, I think he was, it was for real, it was legit. I don't think it was like some... Fad, like jumping on a... Like Paul McCartney's got that kind of synth record, hasn't he? McCartney too. Yeah. yeah. You've got two Macca records, The Pipes of Peace and Tug of War, where he, he kind of kind of dances into like some Stevie Wonder kind of studio type fad. Mm. Would it be fair to say that all these records sound good at the moment for some reason? The records that we used to think were mistakes, you know, by Is the baby. We've got, we are getting so retrospective because there ain't anything good now. Or we're their age, maybe, me and you anyway, so yeah. of when they did all this sort of stuff, where they started playing with... We're well, basically like... Yeah. I'm like Neil Young, but without the achievement. <laughs> yeah. I th- um, Steve, I think you and me have already had this conversation, haven't we? Like stacking yourself up against yeah. you know, like your age versus, you know, great pieces of, you know, records that came out. Depressing. And how, and how comparison is the thief of joy. And I have to just keep reminding myself of that because I always do it. But, but I bet you, you know, um, John Lennon, like, he never cleaned his own oven, you know? This is true, yeah. There's so much that we've done that these probably guys not his, out Probably on. not his own toilet. Yeah. Right, so Sam, do you want to do your number 10? Okay. Um, Jack, I think your number 10 is going to um, actually have more staying power than my one. But I've actually gone for what I believe is around 1991 or so. Steve can check this up. But it's a, a record called Freedom. 
I believe that's, so, that's 89, I believe. Okay, yeah. on the cusp. <clears throat> We're saying goodbye to the heady 80s, the Geffen lawsuits, a lot of things not working for Neil. And I think this is the the start of the big Neil Young comeback. Mm. So am I right in thinking, though, that this album opens with the acoustic rocking in the free world yeah. and then closes with the electric, which is really yeah. interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. Rocking in the free world's the hit, isn't it, from this album? Yeah, but there's a... Are you able to get the track listing up? Yeah, I believe Crime in the City's on it. Yeah, so that's one of my favourite ones. He goes, the artist looked at the producer, the producer sat back. He said, what we have got here is a perfect track, but we don't have a vocal, so we don't have a song. If we could get these things accomplished, nothing else would go wrong. So we balanced the ashtray as he picked up the phone. He said, send me a cheeseburger and a new Rolling Stone. It's <laughs> great. It's terrifying that I can remember that. But that's a great song. And I think that was a hangover from the previous album that I've been listening to, um, This Note's For You. Yeah, that's, awesome. yeah. But there's a really beautiful song called Hanging On A Limb. He's sort of finding himself a bit, you know? Yeah, and this has um, Rick Roses on bass, Chad Cromwell on drug, uh, drums and drugs. Really. <laughs> Frank Poncho Soprido on guitar, Ben yeah. Keith, the legend on uh, sax, yeah. pedal steel, and we've got Linda Ronstan and a few other people. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good, you know? It's a good album, good band, yeah. Actually, I've got a traffic stopping moment. It's when he played Rockin' in the Free World on Saturday Night Live. And at the end, he pulls the strings off the guitar. And exactly. then it's referenced in his book or something that he did like 100 push-ups before the performance. He said, like, you can't just come out and do rocking in a free world. You've got to have a certain heart rate per minute, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, he's pretty much getting, He's getting up to BPM, you know. My number 10 is Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Ooh, the electric mammoth. What it's do you great... think of that? First mm. album with Crazy Horse. Uh, yeah. When I think they were still called The Rockets. It's obviously got Danny Witten in there as well. It's got hits like Down By The River, Cinnamon Girl. And I don't know why it's number 10, but... It kind of should be number one, right? Well, I know yeah. it's good, but I don't know if I listen to it. Um, yeah, I get it. I think, I know it's amazing, but I think I'd rather hear the songs live. Um, yeah, I love most of what's on that album. I love, I prefer some live performances that mm. I've heard. And similarly so, with Crime in the City, I think the live version is better than the recorded one, but there you go. Yeah, see, I didn't know about the live albums thing. So I only didn't include this because I have something else that kind of covers it. But um, okay. But yeah, this okay. one is like I think like almost everything he did in the first ten years of his career, you could put in the top. Yeah. What I mean, like nobody's going to argue with any of those. Mm. People talk about the run of him, of Stevie Wonder, of Dylan, of and Springsteen, or people I talk to, but his run, obviously, from '69 to '79. Is, uh, is it the best? Yeah. Well, yeah. he's never done anything as good as that lot. Yeah. But also with him, like, he says, you know, look, that was me back then. That was what was going on. It was how I was. It was everything that was around me and how things were done. Like, I don't think he's interested now in making that body of work. He's probably more interested in his music doing something, like, whether it be, like, the, the Canadian Tar Sands or campaigning yeah now now he's got daryl hannah at home cooking tofu he's not gonna have any fun in, if he does like a a big juggernaut pollution meat-based album mm. i wonder how he, why he hasn't done an album about dating a woman that's part dolphin or whatever mermaid yeah he hasn't, yeah. Meant, he hasn't even mentioned um, that yeah 
It could be called a bigger splash or something, I don't know. Everybody knows she's a dolphin. Yeah. Nine. I went to uh, Psychedelic Pill. Is an overlooked one. Twenty twelve, where the opener's like twenty seven minutes long. Is that right? Yeah, I think this was like the first Crazy Horse record yeah. after a pretty a decent break. So, so someone's got to make money out of this podcast, Jack. I've got a copy of that on vinyl. Do you want to buy it? Because I bought it, never listened to it, <laughs> and, on it. and it's on my list of Neil Young albums. That you know, screw it. I'll get rid of that. Oh, you're not into it. Well, this thing, I, I, don't, I can't remember. I don't recall having listened to it. Go, yeah, I mean, what tracks are we talking? There's like at least two really, really like great tracks on it. I'd say Ramada Inn and uh, Walk Like a Giant are excellent. Nice. Mm, yes. Awesome. It's like one of the best sounding records he's ever made, yeah. I think. There's definitely, there's at least one or two questionable numbers on there. The title track is awful. It's like they've just decided to put this phaser like on the whole mix at the end oh god which is wild i feel like jack you have the patience for the long jams because there's one on this new album colorado isn't there she showed me love it's like that's another one because i think sometimes neil does the long ones and i'm not in for the long haul i don't know on the records but do you think you are jack because this is an album of long songs yeah my favourite long song, extremely long like this, is probably Ordinary People. It's 18 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It is something of a bravery to do a song that's longer than 10 minutes, isn't it, really? Mm. I can't even imagine. I don't know if I'm... I'm not kind of into it as I used to be, but I think I used to have a bit of a weird fascination with like tunes that just, you know, go on forever and do nothing. <laughs> I've smacked down number nine, coming in strong, possibly without a single weak track, Silver and Gold. It's better than silver and gold. I didn't think anyone would mention this. I love this one, and so does Emily, actually. So this, yeah. is two, this is 2000. Yeah, and this is like, well, they talk about Harvest Moon being his comeback, but this, it, honestly, there's some shockingly good stuff on this record. Mm. I feel like this is his most underrated record, maybe. Yeah. There was a DVD as well, wasn't there? It was a film. The, on that DVD, he plays Philadelphia, the mm. song that he wrote for the movie, but yeah. they went with Springsteen's at the like final call of which song to choose. Well, I think they're both in the film, but Springsteen, you know, was promoted, wasn't it? That was like the single. Yeah. 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 They're both brilliant songs, actually, aren't they? Yeah, um, really good. So Silver and Gold is... And the cover is a Game Boy photo, which is interesting. Oh. Yeah, from, a, from a, a Game Boy camera, I remember, it seemed to be the thing. What do you think of this one, Jack? Have you heard it? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Actually, yeah, like the movie for the film for me is almost the bigger deal than the record. Mm. Uh, I think this was kind of a pivotal one for me because my dad had it and I think it was, I was, what, 12 when Mm. it came out? But I remember watching this DVD and that being like a a bit of an eye-opener. I think with albums like this, it's like, okay, you're dealing with a serious writer, amazing songwriter, because, you know, when you've done 30 or 40 albums, like he'd maybe done at this point, or how many there were, he's still writing amazing songs just on an acoustic guitar, you know? I I mean, maybe it's really... He talks about the muse, like, you know, he'll leave the table if he's got an idea, and he'll go and, you know, chase it up. But Mm. this, I, I really kind of imagine him on... I do sort of imagine him on a porch... With the, I know it's cheesy, but you know what I mean? Just sitting there, just gradually making this genius album. Mm. There's a traffic light moment or whatever, or traffic song moment for me, is the song Red Sun has a solo in it, which I think is like 
bagpipes or something or some sort of weird organ which i just is just like orgasmic to me a very underrated album track that wasn't like his massive harmonium was it it might have been a harmonium nice all right so my number nine is everybody's rocking I knew you'd have that. Somewhere. All right. Well, obviously, I did an album that's kind of like yeah. this album. I'm so influenced by it. So, one of the Geffen Years albums. People think it's crazy. It's very short because you've got two songs cut off from it. I think they stopped funding the recording sessions. But it's with the Shocking Pinks. It's a rock and roll rockabilly album where David Geffen was pissed off with Trans and said, "Go and make a rock and roll album." And he thought, "All right, what is rock and roll?" And he came out with this. Well, I do love the one. Is it? Like, um, is it? I'm wondering. Yes. Yeah. That's a killer song. Yeah. I I don't know. My, I mean, I've I've gone through that album, but I've I've found it tough, tough work. Um, right. But I I do feel like it is just, uh, you know, a cantankerous finger to David um, Geffen. I love the humour of Paola Blues. Jack, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I like it. I listened to it recently. I think I texted you, didn't I? So I, yeah. I, came, I found a copy of it. So, um, yeah, it's cool. It's like 20 minutes long as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. It's, you could, uh, yeah, you could uh, listen to it in a coffee break. But I put it number nine. It's ended up there. I don't know how. It sounds better now as well than, than like maybe on first listen. So, yeah, I'd love it to be remastered, this one, because it's not very loud. Yeah. And it sounds pretty pants. And just very bold and crazy, um, which I like. Great. Eight. Jack, what's your number eight? Number eight, I've gone for, I think I'm like the only person who likes this record. It's Fork in the Road. Which is like his, his garage rock record, kind of. It really sounds like... I don't know. It sounds like they're in a garage and it's all about cars, isn't it? And yeah, it's cool. So I've listened to this on and off as well. So this is from 2009, isn't it? And he did a music video on an iPhone, I seem to remember. Cover art is amazing as well. It's just like, he looks like he's just setting up a Zoom call or something. And he's just accidentally taking a picture of himself. Yeah, it's a webcam, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about some sort of car, a Lincoln Continental that... Mm. He'd retooled mm. for alternative energy. So I suppose this is a modern album in that he's kind of campaigning with the subject. Yeah. This is his car, his car Link Vault, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Has he sacked that off now, the Link Vault thing? He's probably got it, but he's probably moved on to yeah. a car that's powered by, like, farts or tofu. Um, Link Vault, actually, in the kind of development stages of it, there was a faulty battery thing that burnt down a warehouse that it was stored <laughs> in. The bass had loads of like cool guitars and memorabilia oh, and shit. Yeah. So, but Neil was all right about it. He was like, it wasn't the car's fault. Neil Young's innovations haven't been that successful, have they? Because there's the Pono player as well, which is kind of not yeah. happening. And even his archival website is pretty unusable. Have you have you given it a good spin? We well, have to sign up, and which I did once, and I still couldn't get it to work. So I might, I'm not in a full Neil Young phase at the moment. When I read Shaky in 2003, mm. I, it, it took me back into, because I was doing like a telesales mm. job where I didn't have to do anything unless the phone rang. And um, I was reading that book, and it's like 900 pages long. And when, you, when it brings up a song and the making of it and all that, it makes you go back to it. So I think it yeah. would take something like that to make me really obsessed. But I'm a consistent fan, but I'm not like a bookworm. Obviously, I know all these bloody albums and dates mm. without thinking. But mm. did, you, um, did you like that book? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a long time ago. I read it now. And it only went up to about what we were talking about, I think, silver and gold type time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I wish I had the I, patience to read a book that long now. I should. Yeah. I think I read it twice. I couldn't read it's it. It's very good. Me. Yeah. Inspirational. I don't think Young himself liked, he didn't authorise it, did he? He got very pissed off about it and they tried to start, like they tried to kind of poo-poo it afterwards. 
Yeah. Probably because it was too accurate, right? <laughs> Probably. I mean, an unauthorized biography is almost more useful, isn't it? Because I know yeah. when Emily's just made this documentary about our album, I'm always going to be going, no, I don't like the way my hair looks like that, or I'm whinging or blah, blah, blah. But you need someone else to give a proper reflection of what's really going on, I feel like. So I'm going to do... Okay, I want this to sit with you guys for a second, this statement, to get a feeling. Why, is it a Bob I'm Dylan gonna... album? No, no, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do... This album has been said at the time. It was Neil Young's happiest album. You ready? Mm. Comes a time. What, a, well, what an album. I'll let it out of the bag that this one's in my top five, actually. Yeah. From my knowledge, this one was recorded solo and everything else was added after, which I think mm. is unbelievable. I think it's this album as well where he hated the mixes and he used the records to like build some the, the structure of his roof or something because um, he hated it. I just think that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> the, the vinyls. Wouldn't um, that be really to do like a vinyl floor? That is literally yeah. the vinyl of your record. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. own record that you, you don't like. Yeah. The interesting for me about this is that Look Out For My Love is amazing and that's with Crazy Horse in the middle of an album that doesn't have anything else with them on it. So it adds another texture yeah. to it. Did it's he just a, call out for everyone to get involved on this? Yeah, Crazy Horse are on it. Obviously, Ben Keefe, Tim Drummond. It's also got Nicolette Larson. I, I think she's really great on this. Jack, have you got this in your 10, top 10? Or? It's, not, it's not in my 10, actually. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I think with Neil, like, you can be a huge fan and yet there's just gaps where, mm. like, I like this record, but I just haven't listened to it a lot, you know? Right, so my number eight is Harvest Moon. Good man. Uh, so this is a sequel to Harvest, James Taylor's on it. I haven't put it any higher because I feel there's six amazing songs on this. And then towards the end, I think some of the songs are a bit of a miss for me. Yeah. Dreaming Man and Old King yeah. and that, Such a Woman, it's all right. This feels like the love album to his wife, Peggy. Yeah. It's weird, I mean, Dreaming Man is like my favourite Neil Young song. Well, there you go. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, for me, Unknown Legend, Hank to Hendrix is maybe one of his best openings. Yeah. yeah. Both brilliant Absolutely. songs. Well, okay, my favourite one, I think, is Unknown Legend. Mm. And the acoustic version of that on MTV's Unplugged. Yeah. Damn it, that's good. And also in that gig, he played uh, Transformer Man, which made everyone revisit trans as well. Yeah, he used an auto harp on it. Such a cool gig. So my, my lady is German and that has nothing to do with this but she will be listening to this so a girlfriend I had at the time who obviously I didn't love because she was just warming up for the other German girlfriend I'd have many years later oh do you only go out with German girls then no but th th I've gone out with two Germans in my life right. and this my partner is a German <laughs> okay so yeah. anyway I first heard this record in an intimate situation with her mm. um, and I stepped away from the intimacy to get closer to the stereo and check out the music so and was this a first time or is this you no you no 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 we were familiar <coughs> enough to do that I think it was unknown legend yeah what a tune man so you'd yeah. only just put it on or had it skipped onto it or <laughs> shuffled are we talking about the John? No, the <laughs> uh, I don't uh, think I've had sex to Neil Young or with Neil Young. Um, I don't know if I would have sex to Neil Young. It'd be a bit like doing it in front of your best mate or something, you know? I remember abroad, this girl was from Manchester and she had some sort of rock tape on. And I think the bartender in The Thief was on by Stereophonics and a number of like rocky Britpop songs and that didn't work either. Music mm. to have sex to is very, uh, for me, a very slim... It's not Neil Young, anyway. Rage Against the, the Machine? Oh, right, right no. Seven. 
My number seven is, uh, I didn't know we weren't doing live. I've gone for the Fillmore East, 1970. Mm. Concert. In lieu of, I was going to do Everybody Knows, but this is basically Everybody Knows Live. Yeah. yeah. This gig's amazing. Um, Have we still yeah. got Danny Whitten involved? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, just for me, like, uh, just and all the pictures of the gig are amazing. Just like all these old Fender amps and it just looks great. They were just, yeah. They, I mean, they were hot and fresh. Like, you want to capture everything of them at that point, right? And young. That lineup for me, that's like a blueprint, isn't it? Of like everything yeah. you want to be. Could that have been like the American Rolling Stones level? But maybe with a bit more like music, like academia secretly tucked away. You've got like Jack Nietzsche. Jack Nietzsche on keys. So he's yeah. banging, he's on the keys, I think. Yeah. And um, he does like amazing strings and he's like an all round clever dude. He's Phil Spector's mate, wasn't he? Yeah. Hence, he was nearly arrested for apparently doing something naughty with a, with a pistol Yes. to his girlfriend. Yeah. They were close to the Mansons as well, these people as well, weren't they? Um, yeah, all of these guys. It was all a bit frisky. Yeah, well, so yeah. We're almost going into the period of time that would be once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, God, it's kind of that film. time and uh, lots of heroin and um, there's uh, some casualties there. On a, as a side note, what is the best Neil Young live album then? Is that this for you, Jack? I don't know. So I've actually got one, two, I've got like three and a half live records in here. Have you got Massey Hall on there? No, I haven't. That is good though. My one would be live at the Roxy or Weld. And I think I'm going to go for Roxy because it's got funny banter. So live at the Roxy is basically tonight's the night live. And that's when uh, at the end of the gig, he goes, we're going to play something you've heard now. And he just plays tonight's the night again. Yeah, that's a cool move. After opening with it. So that's my one. So Sam, what's your number seven? Okay, so what have I got? So um, I popped MGB and plugged there, as a, just a, you know, whatever. But um, I've gone for tonight's the night. just got into, into tequila um, yeah. this is the kind of thing where Neil's talking about how Harvest put me bang on in the middle of the road and huge success so I headed for the ditch yes this is uh, I won't give it away but this is very high in my list good man it's recorded pretty much live in it on in a rehearsal studio yeah that they converted on August 26 1973 I think Nils Lofgren is involved in this uh, ben Keeve, obviously Danny Whitten had passed away, and one of the roadies, Jack Leach uh, was on Bruce it. Bruce Barry, was it? That's it, and he's in the title track. An underrated song on this for me is Albuquerque. I love that one. Uh, exactly. That's what put this record on my list. Very vibey, this. He's not singing. They're on tequila and God knows what else. Honey slides, right? Honey slides haven't come in yet. This is tequila and cocaine for sure. Right. So my seven is Ragged Glory. Good man, yeah. 91. I love this one. It's, I'm starting to see in my list that I like the happy Neil Young kind of yeah. uh, crazy horse. A bit of comedy, a bit of fun. I love Country Home. I love Days It Used To Be, Mansion on the Hill. This feels really clean and positive and sounding good for me. This was the one that credits him as sort of like the father of grunge. Yes. because hanging out with Pearl Jam. Yeah, I like, there's a picture on the back cover of the, them with a horse and it's like, don't spook the horse as part of the kind of promo mm. for this. So there's a lot of fun about this. Yeah. Love it. 
Sounds a bit samey if you do it, if you listen to it in one sitting, but I, this is one of yeah. the Neil Young albums I could run to. As a, um, like a, I sound pretentious, but as a, as a guitar player and a recording engineer, mm. this is a record that in my early life really got me into like the idea of A, like letting the amp ring with a feedback of the end of a song mm. and really miking the room not being about close mics. Because mm. this really is done, cool like you say, in a barn, yeah? Yeah. Ah. You've got a fish out the cover. It's like a fisheye lens photograph of the barn. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's an amazing sound, considering it's... But Harvest was partly in a barn as well, wasn't it? Maybe it's the same barn. Yeah. He does like a barn. Mm. Yeah. Six. Number six, I've gone Harvest Moon. Okay, great. So the ones we've discussed, we can skip them, can't we? Kind of? Yeah, Yeah, like we're all on the same page, you know. Because maybe, I don't want this to get tedious. Sam, what's your number six? Okay, we are walking straight into Honey Slide Motel Lethargy, maybe. We are going hard on the beach. So this is the one with Levon Helm and Honey yeah. Slide. So that's actually banana skins and heroin or something. What no, is it's, it? so it's a, a guy called Rusty Kershaw, <laughs> who was a slide player and a massive weed smoker. Yeah. This is a way of, um, Honey Slides was an edible way, I think, of doing loads of weed. Like yeah. you'd, mit- you'd, mel- mm-hmm. you'd melt it up. And then I, I can't remember if you'd put it in a shake or drink or what you'd do, but it would get you baked as hell. And I tried a derivative of this. Did you? Uh, well, yeah, I melted a block of hash in a ladle full of brandy. And then I poured, I poured that onto a Weetabix and then ate the Weetabix. You had it for breakfast? Yeah, and then went out um, and walked around for you know a couple of hours and nothing really happened. And then... It happened. You shit yourself. What happened? No, I, basically, I turned up like that. This was at like 11 in the morning. And then I remember later that night in Harangay, I met my sister and friends in a pub and I was still just totally fucking stoned. And so the feeling of just being on weed or what was it? Well, it's not something I can equate to now. Because um, you're sober and... I'm clean. We're clean in lockdown. Yeah. Packaged whistle. But... um. I think also it's important to mention that weed now is not like weed was in, you know, early 70s. Like you were dealing with hydroponic kind of schizophrenia inducing horror smoke nowadays. But back in the day, it was just grass. Yeah, I mean, but the other thing is that Americans and Canadians smoke it pure, whereas here they mix it with tobacco. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. So I, yeah, I had an encounter with Canadian weed and yeah, I've never had anything like that. I was talking to a woman about a muffin for about 40 minutes that had chocolate in the middle of it and that's you probably really wanted a muffin right i was at some party in toronto and i remember just talking to this woman and about how how did they get this chocolate mousse into the middle of a muffin and that was me Mm. on canadian weed so was this is this your chat you're gonna stand a chat up line no i mean when i was single i used to i remember i used to um i worked at wimbledon in 2003 or something with my mate and there were mega posh women there and i remember a good chat up line with them was do you like lionel richie i don't know why and if they went who and i'd I'd be like what do you think he broke it was his fault the commodores broke up and just bullshit like that but um, i can imagine you being a little bit of a a kind of trickster yeah i've i've actually with a woman as well or somewhere pretended i was the ocean no i said i was the oasis drummer to a few people in like uh, mm. Barcelona. I, I, think, I think you could be a keyboardist who moonlights yeah. between Ocean Colour Scene and um, I don't Oasis. like them. Now, what's the other ones? They, their, their bass player disappeared. Oh, uh, Manic it's Street a, Preachers. Yeah, I think you could be a keyboard player for Manic Street Preachers. Or just say I'm Richie Edwards. And yeah. Sam, I believe you're on number six. 
Okay, uh, Harvest. Right, we haven't covered that, so tell us about that. Why'd you go for that? And I think Out on, out on the Weekend is one of my favourite songs. Mm. Uh, it's so good. Harvest, he was all over the place when he was doing it and it was just the most viable record. David Briggs, his producer, he did all these songs uh, live at Massey Hall, uh, or a lot of them, and David Briggs thought that was far better and less kind of watered down, and they argued about which one to release, but uh, no, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing record. It's his biggest album, would you say? It probably is. Probably sold the most. Uh, it's his maybe. breakthrough album. I have no idea what, a record like that would have sold. It's one of, I think it is one of the biggest selling records ever, yeah. What, Harvest? Yeah, cause it's one of those records, you know, like if you go into a record shop, you can always find Harvest for like a fiver or something. Mm. Is it one of the albums that someone who's not really knows Neil Young would talk about? I mean, I, I'm going to name drop here and just because he's a dick, I was... Mm. Um, I, when I worked in the bar in New York, Jimmy Fallon was in there for hours and um, I didn't yeah. know who he was because this is 10 years ago. And he was big into Neil Young and I was sort of talking about albums like Zuma and American Stars and Bars and he was not having that. He was adamant that, you know, I don't know, he was just very snarky, but... So he obviously, did, he didn't know, he was on the like tip of the iceberg. Yeah, he was one of those celebrity who would wear the Harvest t-shirt and he knows Heart of Gold and Old Man, but he didn't know the albums yeah. I was talking about, so he just said they were shit. Yeah, which he would be embarrassed to know now. Yeah, and he also um, spent the night on Emily's couch in 2003 and they snogged, but um, that's hey, not but why I married, think he's a dick. She married the right guy. I think so. Anyway, and then she divorced like Jimmy Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. Where we um, all agree? We were wondering about the sales. Mm, uh, how much? Uh, can you do some research? Yeah. So this sold, okay, a million four hundred thousand copies in France alone. Four million in the US and nine hundred thousand in the UK. It's a big American album and apparently a big French album. Um, mm, Abyssed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you need my number six, right? Which is after the gold rush. Good shout. So we're in classic territory here. Jack, anything about this album? It's great. Yeah. I think I got a record player when I was about, yeah, 15, 16 or something. And my dad gave me this record. So that's the one. Yeah. This should be higher, really, for me, actually, the number six. Um, I begrudgingly made this my number one. Okay. It's not even on your list. It's I not on your why. list, Jack. No, I just thought it's like goes without saying, but I, I guess I was kind of, yeah. You didn't want to be like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. <laughs> Every song on this album is absolutely brilliant for my money. There's, there's not a weak point. I don't listen to this one either, though, but when I do put it on, it's amazing. Light Comes a Time or Silver and Gold, it has a groove. Um, mm. Birds is underrated. The whole thing's incredible. The whole thing's... I love uh, Cripple Creek Ferry as well, and Till the Morning yeah. Comes. I love the short songs to end each side. Mm. So a lot of this he recorded in his house. In the they had to carry some lead up the hill to do some insulation. Mm. A few bits and bobs. Five. Number five, I've got MTV Unplugged. Good man. It's a weird one, but it's it's yeah, just for me really kind of important. I just remember that that record and yeah, just everything about it. And he looks good on this, he's cool, he's got shades on and a beard, which is a weird look. Le le leather jacket. Yeah, it's a different type of Neil Young. It's like a kinda it's not like jovial, he's kinda heavy and 
I think really he, good. I think he gets her and doesn't like what it's about and kind of goes out there and kind of gives them, you know, dark nil. Do you think he thought it was a bit corporate? I think so. Yeah, it would make sense. But I bet you this is one of his best-selling records. Yeah. Yeah, because Harvest Moon was big as well, so it's like a double shot. He does that great version of Hurricane as well, doesn't he, with the organ? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just oozes cool. Yeah. Pocahontas on a 12-string. Spooner Oldham's on it. Oscar Butterworth, Ben Keefe. I love Ben mm. Keefe. You know, I think he was yeah. an amazing guy. He's my favourite pedal steel player of all time, I'd say. Yeah. So, Don't Sam, worry. what's your number five? Everyone's going to like me for this one. Jimmy Fallon wouldn't. Uh, I, I can't. Zuma. Hell yeah. Zuma, an amazing electric album uh, with two incredible acoustic songs bookmarking it. Just brilliant. It's just a done in house, really basic, proper meat and potatoes rock and roll or rock. Don't Cry No Tears, Danger Bird, um, Looking for a Love, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's zero it's nice. drills, no effects. I don't even know if it's got a reverb on it on the record. No. This is the first appearance of Poncho, isn't it, I think, yeah. this album? Yeah, they went, they went down to find him in Mexico, got him, here we go. All right, my number five is Comes a Time. We've covered that. Yeah. So we're yeah. good. Four... Jack, what's your number four? Uh, Russ Never Sleeps. All right. Yeah. Which is kind of a live album, right? Yeah, hmm. I mean... Again, doesn't it open with an acoustic Hey Hey My My? So he did yeah. that twice. Yeah. That's got Pocahontas on it. Yeah. And they built the giant amps, the whole set, which was very yeah. cool. And they did the movie with like the road eyes and really creative stuff. It was a creative film, wasn't it, with the big amps? Basically, it's what you would do, Steve, if you were that big. Yeah. And it really would do something like this. Yeah, it's, it's a bit mad. I mean, the film maybe, yeah, is more notorious than the album. And then he did the similar thing with Greendale, where he had a theatre show. It's almost it's very performancey mm. theatrical. Yeah, yeah I never thought of that. Greendale's kind of like, it's, a, it's the same thing again, isn't it? Mm. He's still got those amps, the, the, the set. All right, so Russ never sleeps. Sam, what's your number five? Oh, my God. Oh, no, oh. four. Sorry, what's your number four? Uh, Lucky I'm not pissed with this, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so, right. <laughs> this is like a Neil Young uh, okay, Bible, so, though. This is an audio guide. Yeah, my number four was Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Okay, great. Another, so we're, we're getting quite jammy. You guys are liking the rocky side of Neil Young, right? Seems like. I mean, you're both from rock bands, I suppose. It's very hard to, like, narrow it down. Yeah, it's, it's like picking uh, your children or whatever. So my number four is American Stars and Bars. Oh. So, do you guys know about that album? So that's 77, I think. What The reason well, I love this is that it has a band on the first side with Nicolette Larson and Linda Ronstan, I think. And it's recorded live. And it's like songs like Bite the Bullet and Don't Hold Back the Tears and Country Walks. And I just love that band. I love that sound. It's almost a template for my Mahoney in the Moment band. Mm. So that's why I love this one. But it's a bit of a weird album because it's compiled. It's got like a hurricane. It's got homegrown. It's got, good, it's got some good fiddle stuff on it. Yeah. Jack chose, apparently was threatening to choose Decade, and there's some stuff on Decade that's off Stars and Bars. Yeah. I also love the cover of Stars and Bars. It's a painting of him drunk from the floor's perspective. 
I need to look at that again. So it's worth Googling the cover of American Stars and Bars because it's really funny. Again, ah. I'm starting to see a pattern that my choices are kind of fun and romantic. Mm. Do you think if you hang around Neil Young a lot, you, you, you get the feeling of the sense of humour or do you think you get an austere kind of... I think he's one of those like unintentionally hilarious people. I yeah. feel like Dylan as well. I think Dylan's so funny without... Yeah. I don't know whether he means to be or not. Yeah. Are the best artists of all time also funny? Because Dylan is funny, the Beatles are funny. I think, that, I think they must be well funny, yeah. Mm. Three. This Number is getting three. intense. Number three, I picked Harvest. I think it's underrated. I know we've kind of covered it, but underrated as like, obviously it's a huge, big record, but I mm. think it's actually, I don't know, commercial record, but actually it's got some real like, it's got words, Alabama. Like people don't really say they're into, well, no, maybe they do. Like Sgt. Peppers isn't like the cool Beatles record to like. Yeah. Obviously yeah. great. But it has weird moments. So he did the stuff with the London Symphony Orchestra that's on uh, A Man Needs Man a Maid needs and There's a World. That's interesting, isn't it? That, that his mm. biggest album has these really kind of strange detours there, I think. It's a bit of a hodgepodge really, isn't it? That's kind of like his 70s thing. He was like, just bombing around these different studios and yeah i remember in the book the shaky book he sort of says oh was there an album came out hawks and doves or whatever it was yeah what was on it he didn't even know the record label compiled it so sam what's your number three yeah i think i've sort of run out because i basically... <laughs> can't talk I about very had... young anymore <laughs> yeah, i had after the gold rush i had like everybody had... a few of my albums have been covered in my top three in fact, so they what, are. But what is your number three? Uh, I think it's after the gold rush. Okay, great. You know, we're getting to a failure point here with me. Well, my number three is Zuma, so we've covered that as well. Yeah. Two. This is getting tight, man. Your second favourite Neil Young album ever. Number two is the self-titled. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Really? Yeah, nobody else does, I don't think. There um, was a problem with the mix with it, wasn't there? Including Neil, because it's all overdubs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's intense. I think he played, plays a lot of it, doesn't he? I think it's kind of just him in the studio. He um, writes um, uh, Old Laughing Lady on this one, isn't it? Yeah. So I think the first pressing... Well, the original release, his vocals are like really buried in the mix. You can barely hear anything. And I think that's kind of what's damaged this record for people. It's got good songs. I mean, he's obviously young, right? He's only 22, maybe there. Is this 69? And 69. It, You've got uh, Ry Cooder on bass. Mm. Uh, right, I'm revisiting this yeah, again. Cool. What's your favourite songs from it? I like, uh, I like The Loner. I've been waiting for you. Mm. Yeah, it's like a great, um, his like fuzz sound on it is amazing. Just, mm. just direct. So yeah, you like just... it, um, you like it sonically? Yeah, big time. It's a really specific fuzz sound and it's the same. Uh, this and Edwin Collins' Girl Like You. That's taking a, like a, a fuzz guitar sound and going, I think going straight into the desk, not even an yeah. amp. Yeah, exactly. When I first heard this, I wasn't ready for that. Well, I haven't listened to this album for maybe 20 years. So I'm definitely going to spin it, the remaster. Yeah, because they've turned his vocal up a bit. So it's kind of, yeah, it sounds like a record. Is this one that's so early in his career that maybe the record company dictated a lot of it? Or the producer? I think he didn't like his voice on it. So mm. he mixed it low. Mm. Which is kind of cool anyway, but um, I can see how that's kind of maybe damaged people's view of it over the years. All right, Sam, what's your number two? Mm. Or, or have, you, have you derailed? Are you... Well, I, I think I'm derailed now because I've, like, I've got everything I've got, I think, in the last ones. I think I'm... At, I'm sorry, but I think I'm out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, my number two is Harvest, and we've covered oh, that. I, okay. Yeah. I can bung in, I can bung in Journey Through the Past. 
that's yeah. great. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of a live album, isn't it? Or that's the film. Journey through the past. Okay, so that is worth digging out as well because you've both come up with a number two that I'd never expect here. Yeah. One. All right. So, drum roll, Jack. What's your number one Neil Young album? Yeah, I'm being a little bit sort of contrary, but I'm going to go Greendale. Of course you are. Aren't you clever? I like it. Let me just crack my I, 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 I could outdo you and say, I'm not going for Greendale, but I'm going to go for the... Uh, you did an alternative DVD which is him playing Greendale acoustic yes. at Vicar Street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's and your number one, immense. is it, Sam? <laughs> that's going to be my number one. <laughs> <laughs> I just... My number one is Return to Greendale. No, it's not. Sorry, go on, Jack. No, it's great. It's just, it's such a strange album. I think the first time I heard it, I probably thought it was just bizarre. Mm. Um, and yeah, that DVD is great. I remember watching that. It's, it kind of makes more sense if you watch the DVD and he explains. Yeah. Characters and everything. Were we all at that gig? Yeah, at Hammersmith in 2003, was it? Where I think a lot of people, a lot of blokes that were sort of baby boomers have gone to the pub and had like five Stellas and then went in and just fell asleep. It's not only that he played these kind of solo songs that people hadn't heard, but he talked for like five minutes in between each song. And he's got quite, funnily enough, Neil Young's got quite a low monotone voice. And yeah, yeah, it didn't register at that gig. But looking back, it's his most interesting album of this century, probably, for me. Mm. Of his? Yeah, I think amazing. Yeah, well, I particularly think the song Bandit is his best song of this, of the 21st century. Yeah, killer song. Yeah, and it can fit anywhere. This is very yeah. narrative-driven album. That song you can take out, and I think it can, yeah. I love Greendale as well. It's not my top 10, it's in my honourable mentions. Mm. Anything else? Very Sam? cool. No, I'm 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 wiped. I'm I'm wiped out. Well, my number one is tonight's the night, which we've covered. Yeah. Uh, it's just so weird. It's telling me here that I quite like live drunk Neil Young as well. Yeah. So that's my yeah. number one. Starts tonight. Jacks is Greendale. So Sam, your number one is really Greendale live from Vicar Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, why not? Well, there are reasons that. actually where, like, for me, the sound of the guitar, the acoustic guitars, and the playing on that is just extraordinary. Mm. Oh God, no way! I've got an honourable mention that should be my number one. Yeah. Jokes aside, Dead Man soundtrack. loved that you've got that on vinyl haven't you somewhere i should sell it covid times okay dead man soundtrack and i'm going to revisit the neil young self-titled is there anything yeah. you two are going to revisit as a result of this epic chat all of it i don't really know freedom much i've not listened to that a lot mm. so yeah 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 and that's why maybe streaming the only good thing is that you can check out albums that are regarded as uh yeah. Iffy. Stinker. Jack, have you got a record player? Mm-hmm. Great, yeah. I'll be in touch. So, thanks to Jack. Thanks to Sam. Check out the artist Paul Young that we've been discussing for two hours. And bonjour. Long ago in the book of old Before the chapter where dreams unfold A battle raged on the open page Love was the winner there Overcoming hate Like a little girl
Love and only love will break it